Hello guys, this is Tori. Hi, this is Joe Pietro. Hi, I'm Ryan. Welcome to FADA 2020. Please note that this episode was shot one day before the Beirut explosion. Our thoughts and prayers go out to all those affected. With that being said, coronavirus cases are reaching record numbers, and being careful now is just as relevant as ever. Hospitals were already overwhelmed, and we need to do all we can to help them. On this episode of FODA, we sat with Dr. Abdurrahman Bizri. He is a specialist in infectious diseases at the American University of Beirut Medical Center. We discuss how the Lebanese government is handling the coronavirus outbreak, focus on the myths and truths behind the pandemic, how to protect yourself, and when to get tested. He also provided us with his opinion on legalizing marijuana for medical use in Lebanon. Dr. Bizri, uh, it's a pleasure having you. Thank you for being here with us. And uh, so I just want to get straight to the point. Uh, how did we end up here? How are we in the situation when it comes to the coronavirus outbreak? Well, you see, Corona now is uh, very well known that it is becoming a pandemic all over the world. So Lebanon is like the rest of the world has to suffer from Corona. Uh, in fact, we did a little bit better than many other countries, at least initially, when we took the issue seriously and we closed the country. But closing the country is not commensurate with uh, living uh, in natural life or a normal life. So we had to find a balance, which unfortunately we could not, a balance between keeping the life cycle going on from all aspects of life cycle, the uh, cultural, the business, the religious, uh, the social, uh, the sport, everything we had to keep them do- uh, keep them going oh, and protecting the uh, community at large in general. So when we uh, when there was some sort of a curfew and very uh, strict measures, the country did relatively well. But when we opened up the country, uh, because of uh, lack of government uh, input on monitoring this gradual opening, which was supposed to be gradual but didn't turn out to be quite chaotic on one hand, and the public not trusting the government first and uh, wishing to listen to, unfortunately, many of the uh, social media sites and uh, other people who were talking about the fact that corona is nothing, it's a conspiracy theory, it's not a serious illness, it was created by pharmaceutical industry uh, to have vaccines and to have medicines and so on. So this really made the uh, public, uh, uh, what you call, unaware of the re- of the real risk and dangers from uh, behaving without any restriction. And uh, we are what where we are now. We are at a point where it is very crucial for us uh, to appreciate that uh, we are living in dangerous time. We have to. Uh, the, to to rethink what we are doing, and I believe that the the key to success lies first in in in, in ourselves. We ha- we have to know that Corona is staying uh, with us for at least one year. For at least one year, this is if I'm optimistic, and that we have to change our way of behavior. We have to establish our new norms. Uh, can we live with our new norms? When I talk about the new norms, I'm not talking about infection control practices in hospital. I'm not talking about uh, not going to the supermarket without a mask. It's a, it's a new norm all in, in all aspects of life. When it comes to uh, socializing, when it comes to doing business, when it comes to doing sport, when it comes to attending theater, when it comes to going to university and school, we have to, to find our new norms. If we can establish new norms, abide by them, 
and the government can monitor them and punish people who breach these these new norms, then probably we are going to fare much better than what we are doing now. If we continue to behave like what we are doing now, what will happen? We're going to have bouts of uh, flaring up of uh, the corona. We're going to have the government responding uh, nervously by closing down the, uh, the, the country for a few weeks, which they are going to do the next week. They are not only going to close for five days, they may be closing for another 15 more days. Oh, uh, After uh, this time. No. Yeah, yeah. And this will hurt businesses, will hurt our uh, livelihood because Lebanon is suffering uh, from a severe business depression. This is a country which is really uh, was living with corruption. Uh, the whole assets of the country were stolen by uh, politicians and now uh, the, the people need to work and the government is preventing them from work because if they work the way they are doing it uh, in everyday business, then they're going to contract more disease and more illness. You spoke about um, some Lebanese people and how they've been handling it. I've been seeing, I think we've all been seeing on social media, people going out, people maintaining their social lives. Could you just maybe shine a light on the importance of wearing a mask, keeping a two meter distance, uh, sanitizing. Not shaking hands. Not shaking well. hands, not kissing on the cheek, things like this. Well, first of all, let's talk about the mask because they are too controversial for everybody. If I have Corona and I wear a mask and you see me and you wear a mask, then probably the chance of transmitting the infection will, will be minimized by at least 95%. So it almost becomes almost almost negligible. So mask is protective for you and for others. Uh, if you keep social distancing two or three meters in an open space, then you may not need a mask. But if you are sitting in a closed space like what we are doing now and we don't have aeration in the room, then probably masks are more important. So the second thing, whenever you have a meeting, more two or three person, this becomes a crowd, then the room should be aerated, it's better. Uh, three, uh, some of the habits we are go we are used to it in Lebanon, for example, hugging each other, embrace embracing each other and so on, has to change now. I know many of us do that despite mm. the fact that they dislike each other, but yeah. they, uh, <laughs> they fake it publicly yeah. because it, they used to believe that this is a social norm or it's a trendy thing to do. And now we know that this is not, this is untrendy. Uh, look, let me tell you one thing. When I was a university student, uh, the, 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 uh, to be trendy at that time, you have to go to a pub. At your age, to be trendy, you go to a gym. Okay, now, uh, and, uh, now this is probably, we have to get trendy again by becoming more safe. So this should be the, and I wish you through your podcast and other uh, connections, promote this concept that really being trendy, being en vogue, a la mode, avant-garde, what you want to call it, is really promoting safe practices. It's not safe practices, not only safe sex, it's safe behavior, uh, it's safe breathing, it's safe eating, it's safe shaking hand, socializing and doing and doing business. I think I think the biggest problem that happened was because you said you have to get used to a new way of lifestyle. People lived through the lockdown and the lockdown was intense for so many people. What people didn't realize was that after the government restricted, not restricted, like relaxed measures a bit, people thought that they could go back to their lifestyle pre-corona and everybody started going out again, hugging each other, kissing each other as if in their head, 
there's no corona anymore. Corona became non-existent. And that's a big reason as to why I believe the numbers went up again drastically right now. Over the past two weeks, you see figures in the hundreds, even 200 something was last weekend. So that was a very big first, first of all, let me say that we are still within the first wave. We did not reach the second wave. And we may not have a second wave. We may have a continuous first wave, which now we are seeing one of its spikes. So we have one wave with several spikes. And this is one of the spikes. So can we really lower the curve now? Maybe we can do. The government has fo will, will force the curve down by taking what we call uh, some drastic or draconian measures by preventing you from going to work, preventing you from leaving home, and so on. But, on, but the, the, the only way to sustain uh, your life with corona so we have to live with covid so this is the concept now living with covid in order to live with covid we have to get we to have to get to use to new norms part of the new norms is not doing things is doing them the right way the safe way and to create your own social cocoon what do i mean by social cocoon you have to establish a group of friends or relative or whatever uh, that you know that uh, they they're behaving safely they will they will become at your exclusive social life and to be fair with them whenever you breach that social agreement between them you have to tell them so they will probably isolate you for some time in order not to introduce the virus uh, to your uh, social cocoon or social matrix that you have really uh, established uh, so uh, this is what 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 we what we should do more importantly uh, uh, people tend to behave naturally uh, in a relaxed way. So the only way to make them unreal, to, to behave in a, uh, in a more restricted or more orderly, let's say, fashion, is to have punishment, yeah. is to have penalty. Okay, so penalty is important. But when I talk about penalties and fines, and the, I'm not talking about uh, stopping a taxi driver who was supposed to have <coughs> two people in his car, he's having three. I'm talking about the uh, big people, big shots who really <coughs> trespass the law and they give a bad example. For example, <coughs> the fact that you can spend one million dollar on a wedding does not prevent you from being penalized. In fact, you should be really penalized more harshly because this will probably have a very strong uh, uh, echoes in, in, on media, on, everyone, on, on everybody, and people would start feeling afraid. My belief is that the government, if they really had punished some of these key figures who really were bluntly behaving uh, outside the, the supposed norms we, 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 we tried to preach, uh, probably things would have been much better. When I talk with friends who are my age and who are younger and who are quite healthy, it's, it's, I'm seeing a lot of the notion that, well, I'm young and Corona can't do anything to me. Even if I catch it, they can't do anything to me. There's so many things that people are saying about Corona that is misinformation. Because there's a lot we don't know, there's a lot maybe we do start to know. I just wanted to ask you, what are some things we now know in stone about the virus and some things that are still up for contention? Well, let me be honest first. Uh, if you are young and healthy, you should do well if you contract Corona. So this you, are, you should be in the 80%, in fact, in the 50% who should not even have major symptoms. But this does not prevent you from, from giving the illness to your parents, to your grandparents, or to your friends. And in Lebanon, 
It's different than what you have seen in Europe and the United States. In Europe and the United States, when you are 18, you're almost outside your uh, parents' home. Uh, in Lebanon, we see at least three or four generations living in the same household uh, together. So the fact that you're healthy, but you have contracted the disease, means that there is a big chance that you are going to transmit the disease to others who will suffer more, especially among your close entourage, your close circle. So this we have to keep that in mind. Um, this is true also for, for, for children, because one of, uh, of one of the major fights we had with the government when they wanted to open nurseries very early, they told us, well, in Europe and America, they open nurseries early. I told them, in Europe and America, 80% of the population go to work, including women and women. And unfortunately, in Lebanon, only 25 to or less than 30% of women do, do go to work. So we have still 70% staying at home. We have the backup of our parents, so we, we don't have to send our children to nurseries, contract the disease, bring it to their grandparents, and uh, the vicious cycle will, will, will start uh, moving in, uh, in our uh, own family. This is one. What do we know more? We know more that this disease can be transmitted only from one person to another. It can be transmitted by droplet. What do I mean by droplet? If I cough, I sneeze, I even shout or sing with a loud voice, I can, some of my respiratory secretions coming from my mouth or from my nose can travel. The, mo the more I shout, I they will probably travel even further. And if given the right conditions, they can sustain, uh, the virus can sustain itself in, uh, in air droplets for two or three hours or four hours and can even more move more than three meters, sometimes even several more meters, eight, ten or more. So this is where probably, this is why when you go, for example, to a disc discotheque, like what happened initially, and you have a very crowded disco and people singing and shouting and crowding and so on. So this is quite a very good milieu, a good recipe uh, for uh, for contracting the illness uh, at, several, uh, at several levels. But we know that indirectly, I can give you also the virus, if I, for example, sneeze on, your, sneeze on your table, I didn't wash my hand or wash the table, so you can put your hand, put it in your face. There is some chance, in the past we used to believe it's a very strong chance, now we believe it is milder chance, but it's still there, the risk that you can, you can contract the disease uh, in, uh, in, indirectly. Uh, what we know though, that the virus lives only among humans. So, if we still provide, if we, if a human to human behavior continues the same, we are going to provide the virus with more hosts because the virus is a parasite, cannot live on its own. It has to have somebody to live in, within. Okay, so now we know that there are 18 million cases in the world, but 18 million cases, despite that this is a large number, it's very trivial if you compared it with the 7 billion plus the world population. So potentially or theoretically, the virus has seven billion hosts, yeah. can travel among seven billion people, given the travel condition, given what the human activity and so on. So the only way, since we know that the virus cannot live without us, if we really manage to segregate ourselves a little bit, uh, to, to, to follow precaution, then the chances that the virus will propagate freely in our community will become much less and we can protect our community. Well, that, that sounds like what you were saying throughout this past few minutes about segregating yourself to a small social circle, uh, not going out a lot. Also, I completely agree with you when, you when you said people like us, young people might contract it. 
but that's the thing whereas in Lebanon you all you see your family on a regular basis as well even if you might not be living with them and they're high-risk people we've had some friends that when we told them we don't want to see you guys because you guys see a lot of people you guys are going out a lot you're going to public spaces you should be safer they look at us in a weird way as if oh you guys don't like us or oh you guys just want to work on your podcast and this is all a myth this is all a conspiracy theory so I feel still like it needs a bit more of time to cement it into people's heads that this is the new norm. But it needs like, to be clarified yeah, how, like that, how much of a big deal it is. You and know, I like think that's a problem. People still don't understand how much of a big deal this I is. I find it weird. Why do people still think it's a conspiracy? Why do you think that? Because Well, first, uh, first of all, now we're living in the uh, age or the era of social media where you can reach anybody anywhere without any uh, sort of... Uh, restriction or 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 legal or, or legal uh, monitoring whatever you can say whatever you want uh, so this is really a, a two-way uh, two-way system it can be a positive system because it's a two-edge thing uh, the, the positive edge is that you can transmit the message like what we're doing now for, for a large people, group of people hopefully they're listening to us and they will benefit so this is a positive edge the negative edge another group like us can be negative they can they can spread uh, uh, unauthenticated news and uh, this spread can really uh, harm many people so this is one two uh, we're living in the age where the systems are failing Take example Lebanon. Lebanon is a failing country. It's a failing political system, failing economical system, failing social system, whatever. So people started distrusting public views. So uh, it's very difficult for us to convince them that at least for this time alone, the government is telling you something that benefits you because they have been used to things that the government is always, always, always giving you false things or false news in order to benefit what you call the uh, oligarchia that controls the country rather than the public mind. This is true all over the world. Look at America and Trump, what, what's happening. Uh, look at uh, what's happening in Europe, the right versus the left, the nationalist fronts and so on. So people, the, some people believe that this is the migrants brought the COVID uh, and the corona. Some people believe that not believing in God enough bring, uh, they have so There's many theories. So many theories. Uh, so yeah. many theories. So, uh, and uh, b- b- since the system is not doing well all over, uh, then it's easy to uh, what you call to uh, leak the, the 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 conspiracy theory more and more, and it will explain our failure. If you see conspiracy theory is is the reason given by people who fail in order to explain why they failed. No, we don't we don't want to do that. We want to give the reasons why we succeeded. And look, I'll, I can tell you, and uh, I'm I'm at the forefront of the corona thing at the treatment level, at the patient level, at the legislation level, at recommendation level, and at research level. And I can tell you, now in Lebanon, we are really at the brink of a very uh, important moment. We either, we either the balance will tip negatively against us or it will tip positively for us. We have so many patients in our critical care areas. They may not make it. Some of them, they may make it hopefully. We have many of our healthcare professionals affected. We are losing some healthcare today. We have lost a young nurse. She was 47 years of age at one of the major hospitals in, in Lebanon. Uh, a few days ago or two, one or two weeks ago, we lost another young doctor. 
uh, uh, he was 44 years ago. So they are young people, but they had really suffered very severe disease. Uh, we have many uh, nurses, ambulance uh, workers, uh, nurse, nurse helpers and aides, doctors, physicians, uh, intensivists, all of them are affected. And we, if they are affected, what will happen? First of all, you have to isolate them for 14 days or 10 days at least. So you have lost their effort in treating other patients. They can transmit the disease if you didn't detect them early to their patient. And ultimately the worst thing, they can die and you will lose them forever. So uh, the healthcare system is really under significant burden and pressure. Uh, the, uh, the public is not, the, the numbers are getting even larger. The number of critical cases is getting more. I don't know what people want, want more to prove that there is a problem. Uh, around 800,000 people died in the world, uh, or 700, I don't know, but it's close to that. There is around 18, 18 million affected. Yes, it's true. Take USA, Russia, India, and Brazil, they constitute more than half of the cases. Hey, but all over, all over the world we have it. In South Africa, the, they have really very huge numbers. Today, news leaked from China that the Chinese were, uh, were not giving true numbers. They, it leaked from another country in the Middle East that they were not giving true numbers. Uh, so, uh, so this is really a compounded issue, and uh, we have to uh, adapt to it. Uh, we will, I will always go back to adaptation. We have to find our new norms. You spoke about kind of the numbers and kind of these staggering figures that we're seeing all over the world. We've seen spikes, Akid, in the figures now in Lebanon. I know the other day, 180, 170. 200 something, 200 I think, something. this weekend. Yeah. And um, this is what's being reported. I wanted to ask you, what's not being reported? Are the numbers even drastically larger or... Are they trying to control well, it for certain... You see, uh, we did not really uh, see any example you see, for example, if you want to project a certain epidemic, you have to take examples that uh, give, uh, given similar conditions. Unfortunately, in infectious disease epidemics, there are so many variables that will determine the epidemic, including social behavior, including healthcare system, including surveillance system, many, many, many things, including definitely weather, economic condition, and there's many other. So we cannot really link Lebanon to any similar scenario. The numbers we have are what we get. Uh, sometimes you will find a high number. This does not mean that they were, di they were diagnosed today because we have sometimes shortages in doing PCRs or a lot of pressure on the PCR diagnostic system. So some results are delayed till the second day. So what you see today, for example, a 150 or a 200 may not reflect this day's cases. It may reflect one or two days before or the same day. So it's really a matter of uh, what you call being, uh, trying to uh, clear the bench, trying to do as much as possible uh, testing we can. You have, you have to imagine one thing. This is the first time since humanity was really found or created, whatever you want. Eh? We have seven billion people needing the same item at this at this at the same time okay so even if you have uh, if you have 2000 factories producing pcr kits uh, to su to supply the need for 7 billion people you will always have shortages so this is why sometimes you go do 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 the test 
and the test will come after two or three days. So this will reflect the result. Some people may nag, but I will tell you a friend of mine, she's a doctor, she came from America. She works with Center for Disease Control in America today. She told me it took me one week to find a place to do a test for me, and the test result came after five days. So this is America. So uh, in Lebanon, when you get the get test result in 48 hours or 72 means that you are quite lucky. We are still being more or less more efficient than what we uh, than what others are doing. So what you're seeing now does not may not necessarily reflect the true figure, but this is what we have. What we have, we are publishing. We are putting it uh, to the public to know. We are not hiding uh, anything. But as we know from all epidemics, what you detect may not necessarily be the true number. Going back to conspiracies, I wanted to ask you some questions, some conspiracies that I've heard. For anyone listening who's told me this, I want to address it to them. I'm just going to read you a few questions. And obviously, you're very qualified, so you can answer. 5G. The launch of 5G helped spread the coronavirus. I've heard that uh, several times. Even I received it on my uh, on my 4G. Or <laughs> uh, I will tell you, uh, there is no way that you can link 5G to a virus. Uh, uh, it's happening all over the world. Uh, there is no country which is corona-free so far. Uh, so I don't know how can they link it with that. Perfect. Uh, the coronavirus was man-made. Might have been a leak from a lab. Okay, uh, you see, uh, at least if I'm going to take the uh, genetic structure of the virus, the amino acids, the genes that constitute the virus, it's very similar to a bat virus. But we know bats, when, when they live as groups, they live far from humans, because humans and bats cannot live together. We're going to burn their uh, societal, uh, communal uh, places. So, uh, so for a bat, virus to be transmitted to human, most likely, most likely, there is what you call an intermediary. The intermediary, most of the time, was another animal. For example, take the MERS-CoV, which is another coronavirus that uh, was famous in Saudi Arabia and the Gulf state. The intermediary was the camel. Take the SARS virus, which started in China. The intermediary was some sort of a feline animal, a cat-like. What's the two intermediary? We don't know. Could this be an accidental mutation? I don't know. But if you want to see the genetic progression, it looks like it, as if it progressed genetically. I don't think it's at least it's biological uh, weapon mm, because nobody uses a, such a virus for a biological weapon because the first requirement of a biological weapon is to have an antidote because you cannot throw a biological agent and you don't have the antidote for that. Since we don't have an antidote, so this is one. Whether this was a, a virus that uh, uh, mutated because of, an, uh, of a, a laboratory experiment, it's extremely unlikely, but not 0% possibility. COVID-19, symptom-wise, is just like getting the common flu. Most likely, yes. Most of the time, yes, which is true. It's like a flu virus. It's, sorry, like a cold virus. Because other coronas, we, the first four coronas we met uh, in the past as humans, 
uh, were all common cold viruses. So initially, it's like a common cold. It behaves like a common cold, but it is more aggressive than the common cold. A common cold does not kill you, does not give you uh, severe illness. Corona can kill you in 1 to 2 or 3% of cases. It can give you severe illness in 15 to 20% of cases. Common cold does not do that. More importantly, Corona is a new virus. It has capability of spreading rapidly and fast. So uh, even if it kills 1 or 2%, if it affects 1 billion, then it's going to kill 20 million or 13, which is a large number. So 1 or 2% may sound to be a trivial number, eh? but you don't want to be 1 or 2 in, in of that. And when we say 1 or 2, we are taking all age groups. So if you go to the people above 70 years who have 2 or 3 comorbid conditions, diabetes, heart failure, renal f kidney failure, liver failure, whatever, uh, hypertension, and so on, you will probably, the, the percent of people who die will become 8, 10, or 12 percent, which becomes really a serious. I also think about the coronavirus, another thing, as you were talking about now, which is very dangerous about it, is that unlike many other diseases, once you get it, there could be a large chance that symptoms won't show at all, or that they would show after 6, 7, 8 days, and throughout these six, seven, eight days, you might seem fine and you might easily infect so many other people. So that was the thing that really scared so many medics at first because it could be, as you said, easily transmissible and also highly unlikely to detect at first. So that's another issue see, when it comes uh, to it. There is a debate about uh, what the WHO has said uh, in the past two weeks. WHO has said that people who are asymptomatic, which means they have contracted the virus but did not produce symptoms, may not infect. But it's very difficult to differentiate between somebody who is asymptomatic and somebody who is pre-symptomatic. Pre-symptomatic means the, the few days before having this, the apparent symptoms, yeah. So, which is, which my belief is that uh, whenever you are in contact with somebody who has the virus, you, you, you are at risk of contracting the illness. The risk becomes much more if the, if the person you are in contact with uh, has apparent or symptoms. More importantly, and uh, I want to cautious everybody, uh, caution everybody, in, especially in Lebanon, the people at risk are the first contacts, which means that if, if I have corona and you see me, so and then you are a contact. But if Naziz see you eh, and you don't have symptoms, he's not a contact. Unfortunately, what's happening in Lebanon, uh, everybody who knows someone who was in contact are coming for testing. This will put a lot of pressure on the testing system, and this is why we're having delays and we may run short of... Uh, in fact, now we are started, we are, st we are creating scenarios where PCR is not available and how to behave because people are rushing to do unnecessarily testing. So your, your advice is only get tested if you genuinely, genuinely feel like you have symptoms okay. and you're a high risk. If you have symptoms, if you are first, if you are in contact with the person that has the disease, not with somebody who has seen the person with the disease, or if your doctor advises you, or if you are a recent traveler. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Also, having you here as a, as a qualified doctor, this is um, definitely off tangent. But on April 21, the government legalized medical marijuana. Hashish. Yes, hashish. I had to be very yeah, formal for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coincidentally, during the peak of the corona lockdown period, when mm -hmm. jobs were getting, so many people were going unemployed, when the economy was crashing. So. Exactly. I just wanted to get uh, to ask you as a medical professional, 
why now? What does that mean going forward? And what is it being used for? I know yeah. glaucoma is one thing, but what other uses? How can you implement it in the medical field? You see, first of all, Lebanon will not be the first country to legalize the growth of marijuana, but we did not legalize the use of marijuana or of use of hashish. You see, we try to be lenient. In fact, as a physician, an infectious disease physician, because I deal with a lot of users because in my specialty in HIV disease, hepatitis B, C, and others, uh, we try to be lenient with users. We try to be very harsh with promoters. Okay, So it's different than using hashish or promoting it or selling it. Okay, In Lebanon now, they have, they have said that it's legal to grow hashish. They didn't say it's legal to sell hashish. So the so the statement is yet what you call unclear. Mm. And if you have if you've been to Amsterdam and you want to dish hash, hash cafes, you will find that uh, on the top of the list of the menu, the very good brands are what you call the uh, Lebanese brands. Uh, so, what will be the implication? First of all, uh, we're going to to see more hashish growing. The question: What to do with it? Uh, we, we can, you cannot promote it as uh, uh, b- to be used illegally. You have to use it illegally. The only legal use is to, is by prescription. Mm. Who can prescribe it? Either you have to sell it outside for pharmaceutical industry to manufacture it, and this will be a source of fresh money coming to the country, or you have to either create a pharmaceutical industry in Lebanon to uh, to convert it to a more industrialized form that can be used. Where it is used, it's mainly used in painkiller as a painkiller. It's a very good painkiller. It's much better than morphine, for example, as painkiller. And uh, it is much milder than morphine as, pa- as a painkiller. So it has its own medical uses. The only issue is that in Lebanon that the uh, legalization was not really followed up by uh, the necessary legislative st- legislations in order to uh, continue w- what will what will be the next steps to follow. Uh, doctor, we spoke about a lot of things. Just to round off everything, what is your final advice for anyone listening here in terms of this corona crisis that we're facing now? Well, my final advice is clear, and I have repeated, said it repeatedly. We have to learn to live with Corona. Corona is staying with us for at least one year. The answer to Corona is either an effective, safe, and affordable vaccine that may appear soon, may take some time to appear, or may not even uh, appear at all. Or we have to accept the theory of what you call uh, the herd immunity, which so far is still quite confusing about Corona. So in order to clear either way, the best thing really is to learn how to live with Corona. So we have to create our new social, business, educational, entertainment, uh, religious, or aspects of life norms. Uh, they They should become our norms and we, they should become routine for us uh, to protect ourselves until uh, humanity can conquer that virus. Uh, if you take p- prior examples, ultimately humanity managed to overcome, and I think we'll manage to overcome. Dr. Busy, thank you very much. You're probably the busiest man in Lebanon, mm-hmm. but uh, we, thank really, you so much we really for appreciate time out of you coming day. here, and thank you, uh, uh, all the best. I, I enjoyed uh, that session, and I hope uh, your audience uh, 
can benefit uh, from it. We hope, hope so. We hope Don't so be too. stupid, wear a mask. Wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for all of the people listening. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram and Rami, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Facebook. Thank you.